When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorneys. Play to win, banksjones.com. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Objective insight, expertise, top guest. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off the Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Also available on offthehooksports.com. I compute and obey. Now to Dave Hooker. Ready. Loaded up like a three-day drunk. Uh, Here we go. A big show on tap as we will get into Tennessee and the NCAA. The Vols losing a coach and maybe another coach. Tennessee basketball. How concerned should you be, if at all? We'll discuss that all with Jimmy Hyams, who is our regular Wednesday guest, and we absolutely love visiting with uh, Jimmy Hyams. And he's right there for us. Jimmy, how are you this morning? Dave, I'm doing great. Hope you are as well. I'm well. Caleb, I'm sorry. How are you? I asked Jimmy first. He did ask Jimmy first. Uh, I'm doing well. Happy Valentine's Day to you, too. I'd, I'd, no, no two people I'd rather spend Valentine's Day with. Oh, that is so sweet. <laughs> so sweet. Uh, by the way, we're three unbearded uh, gentlemen as Caleb ah. decided to change his look. So uh, we're, we're open to sponsorships for Gillette. If somebody wants uh, Gillette is watching and they want to reach out, we'll go ahead and take care of you there. So we got a big show on uh, tap today. Uh, which should be the bigger concern for the boss? The NCAA or losing coaches. The NCAA is probably, that issue is getting more press, but uh, this losing coaches thing is 
kind of somewhat flying under the radar, which is bizarre to me. It is time for today's Tough Questions, brought to you by our friend Andy Mason at andymasonrealestate.com. Today's Tough Question is right now. Today's Tough Question. Take a side. Take a stand. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of offthehooksports.com. All right, Jimmy, let's start with the NCAA. We weren't really expecting an immediate ruling on the preliminary injunction that was filed, which basically would mean the state of Tennessee has won. The NCAA has lost. They have to find a new lot in life as far as what they govern. Um, On the flip side, Tennessee could still win, but the NCAA uh, could, could be victorious in this particular legal battle. So, um, Jimmy, I'm curious your your thoughts on where everything stands now. What are what are you hearing, and and what do you think of uh, the the actual meetup in in the same courtroom between the NCAA, Virginia, and Tennessee? Dave, I, I don't remember the one case that the NCAA has ever won in a court of law, and that case was also. Uh, supported by the NFL. And that was when Maurice Claret, after two years of college, said, I'm going pro. You can't stop me. And the NCAA said, no, our rules say this. The NFL rules say this. And so the NCAA slash NFL won. That's all I can remember. So what is my expectation? My expectation is the NCAA will do as it usually does, and that's losing court. Uh, Now, uh, when that ruling is going to come down, I don't know. Corker's the judge that's in charge of this. Uh, he has hinted at Tennessee winning the case. He's hinted at Tennessee losing the case. I don't know what's going to happen, and there's no timetable for him to make a ruling. But I will be surprised if the NCAA wins because they usually don't. Boy, I, I hadn't thought about the Claret situation, Caleb. Yeah, and for uh, just for our younger viewers or anybody who may not be familiar with it, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, Maurice Claret's situation was a little bit different, right? He basically argued that he should be able to leave if he wanted to early for the NFL. Right. Wasn't that his argument? It wasn't yeah, after two years getting paid. Right. Yeah. 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 I'm, yeah I'm, I was just citing an example of a case that the NCAA slash NFL uh, law uh, one. I'm sorry. I wasn't implying that it was tied in a NIL. Sorry about that. Right. But, no, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. I, I understood what you were saying. I, um, I wanted to kind of get that out there that, um, I think the NCAA was right in that case. Let's call it what it is. Maurice Claret wasn't going to class and he wanted to uh, be able to get away with not going to class. And that's, uh, they have every right to tell you to go to class, even if they don't have a right to not pay you. And so, um, uh, Jimmy, as far as this goes, uh, we talked yesterday with John about this with, you know, when it comes to the preliminary injunction hearing, well, I got, I'm, it's kind of a two part of one. What are they waiting on? And two, does it does this really matter? Because doesn't it seem like the NCAA will lose anyway? I guess it matters in that if they were to rule in Tennessee's favor, uh, and and I guess Virginia's also, then those two states could go do what they want while the other states or the other schools in other states are still supposed to not use NIL as a recruiting inducement. So that, so that's be a national contender in a year. <laughs> I'm sorry. So Virginia Tech could be playing for a national title in a year with this. Yeah. W- wouldn't bet on that one, but uh, <laughs> that's uh, they would probably have a better team uh, than what they do. So I-, I think that that gap in there. Now, having said that, 
to me, if the courts rule in Tennessee's favor and in Virginia's favor, the NCAA has to come back and rescind the NIL because that would be an unfair advantage to Tennessee and Virginia. So I think the NCAA would say, okay, well, those two states won. We're going to open it up for everybody because they should be governed by the same rules. Interesting. Okay, so uh, Tennessee, you mentioned the Claret uh, lawsuit, and I actually think that there is a bit of a tie there, and that is it's the ability to earn a living, um, which which to me is uh, is what this is all about. And I, th- I think that the bigger concern when I think of this macro big picture, Jimmy, is what you alluded to. Virginia and Tennessee could soon have another set of rules. Well, we know Missouri now has another set of rules. Eli Drinkwitz can be in the room and be a part of the negotiation between a prospect and a potential advertiser, which would be NIL money. And uh, I just wonder when there's going to be a federal standard. And I talked to Greg Sankey about this and, he gave me the, oh, we got the midterms and then we got the real election. So so he's thinking years, Jimmy. I mean, yeah. when when do we get an actual, just a, a mandate of rules across the board? Any idea? Yeah, I'll be retired by then. Oh, wait a minute. I am retired. <laughs> um, except it, I keep calling you. And I'm like, here's this idea. <laughs> I thought I was retired. Uh, I think it would be, it, it likely would be several years. I, I, um, I actually ran into... Uh, Representative Tim Burchett at a Christmas party. And he sought me out and walked over there and he said, do you have any suggestions on how to solve the NIL riddle? If you do, send them to me. So I wrote the column that was posted on your website and attempted to send it to him. I don't know if he ever got it. I never heard a reply. Maybe I should do it again. Uh, Not that they would adopt it, but I thought it was interesting that he would come over to me and say, you got any suggestions? Because I, I, um, I don't have a lot of faith in Congress resolving an issue. So we'll see where this one goes. But And I don't know that there's an easy answer. My suggestions are not easy answers. Well, I don't know that there is one. We didn't, we didn't have a chance to discuss that column. So go ahead and share your suggestions, what you would do if you were the czar of college football, because I don't think the commissioner of the NCAA means anything anymore. No, and, and I'm sure that they wouldn't adopt this. But uh, the first thing... Uh, would be that you put a salary cap uh, on it. Uh, and I actually started with football because that's where most of the money's going. I put a salary cap of $25 million on it. I think you have to have some kind of a cap uh, to uh, to administer this. Uh, there'd be a cap for football, a cap for basketball, and then a cap for the Olympic sports. Uh, then I would uh, – I would look, coaches' salaries are public unless you're at a private school. The NIL deals would be public. They would be – and then you cannot transfer – after one year to school, schools have spent thousands and thousands of dollars recruiting you. So you have to stick to a school for two years. And then uh, you get one transfer as an undergrad, one transfer as a grad. That eliminates somebody being able to play at five schools in five years. Those are some of the suggestions I had. Caleb, I'm, I'm good with, with all those thoughts. Um, all of those are feasible except the salary cap, because, Jimmy, the problem is without Congress getting involved, that's going to get shot down by the courts immediately because it's another antitrust violation because, because the player, the only way you could do a salary cap is if the players themselves were allowed to collectively bargain. That's correct. And 
and unionize. And I don't know how, if they unionize at that point, then the players have to be guaranteed a minimum amount of money. And as you and I both know, as most of us here know, not every school can guarantee a minimum amount of money, minimum amount of money to players. Jimmy, let let me ask you this. Do you think we'll get there where there, there, there is a collective bargaining agency, a union essentially, and then you will have the schools actually pay, which I do believe will be the case eventually. Mm-hmm. And does that have to happen to have a mega conference? Because right now you've got to, if you just pick 50 teams, which is the number I've been told, not everybody's on the same level playing field. How could you pick 50 when everybody has different laws in different states? Yeah, that is a problem. And, and that's why there's not an easy solution to all this. Uh, I will go back to one thing. I do want to ask you all this, and y'all may know the answer to this. I do. If you are a Tennessee student, a football player at Tennessee, uh, how much do you get cost of attendance and how much do you get if you stay eligible? What is that combined number? Do you know? I, I've heard you use it before, um, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna throw mine out there. That would be cheating, Caleb. I have no idea, no idea whatsoever. It's over thirteen thousand dollars in your pocket. That's not bad. Now, when you talk about collectively bargaining it, maybe they're saying, "Hey, we're giving you thirteen. You get five thousand six hundred sixty-six dollars for cost of attendance if you uh, for a student athlete at Tennessee, in particular football, is what we're talking about." For any athlete that stays eligible, they get over $8,000 just to stay eligible. That's the Austin rule. That's not chump change. Add that up over four years or five years, that's not bad. So, I, I look, I am I understand NIL, and I'm not necessarily opposed to it, but I am opposed to people saying these guys are, are, are not being compensated at all. That's not true because they're getting a scholarship. They don't have any debt when they leave school. And also, if you multiply the numbers I just gave you times five, that's a, that's about seventy five thousand dollars. That's that's not bad, especially when all, when all of your meals are paid for. We're not, we're not talking about everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, everything's paid for. We're not talking about coming out of college like the three of us did, and you, know, you got rent and everything else. I mean, thirteen thousand yeah. wouldn't be a lot then, um, but. With everything paid for, you're right. It's not bad. So today's have question brought to you by Andy Mason, the AndyMasonRealEstate.com. The poll question is on our YouTube page, and I'll just ask uh, Jimmy this. Uh, first, I want to tell you, Andy Mason, over 40 years of experience right here in Knoxville and East Tennessee. He's your realtor. He's your realtor that has the best prices and the best service, AndyMasonRealEstate.com. It's right below. Support our sponsors. That's why we're here. Jimmy, so the biggest concern for Tennessee fans should be the NCAA or losing coaches, which I'm going to transition into. NCAA, and, and here's here's the reason why. Look, while I don't think they'll win, what if they do? If the NCAA wins this case in court, Tennessee in football is on probation. So if they're on probation and they get hit with this uh, uh, NIL violation, look, the, the it's not going to happen, but the death penalty is on the table. It's ridiculous to think that'll happen. It won't, but there could be a significant reduction in scholarships. There could be a significant fine. They already paid an $8 million fine, so they could go to a bowl game. So I think the potential penalties there, here's the other part of that too. If the NCAA wins this, they're going to try to hammer Tennessee. Why? Because Tennessee used very strong language from Donnie Plowman about how, 
sorry the NCAA is, how uh, uh, immoral they are. I just thought it was too strong of an argument. If you get in a fight with somebody and they come at you that strong, if you're if you're in a divorce with somebody and they say, I'm taking the house, I'm taking the kids, uh, you get nothing, I'm taking the cars, that person is going to fight back. And I think if Tennessee loses this, the NCAA is going after Tennessee and will try to hammer them. So that to me is a bigger concern. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Take a second, hit the like button. If you haven't subscribed, do that. Turn your notifications on and uh, be sure and join Hooker's Corner. You can be a John. Our Patreon group is live. Jimmy, I haven't seen you sign up to be a John yet on Hooker's Corner. So we'll, we'll wait for that. Uh, I'll change my name. Yes, I'm supposed to be like opinionated, and then Jimmy just changed my mind. So what the H? What the? What was he thinking? Release the hounds. The Dave Hooker Show. Keep cool. A presentation of OffTheHookSports.com. All right, Jimmy, I was going to say that it's coaches because Tennessee has already lost one and could potentially lose another. Uh, but you've got me flipped over to the NCAA side. Caleb, what's the latest we've got in terms of Tennessee potentially losing yet another coach in two days? Um, Michigan is reportedly targeting Tennessee linebackers coach Brian Jean Mary. This comes after Jerry Mack, the running backs coach, has left for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Looking at this from an actual just from an analytical standpoint, I think there's a select group of coaches that Tennessee should worry about losing guys. I'm sorry. Brian G. Murray's not on that list. I don't know how y'all feel. I, I I'm not, I'm not like a good riddance. You're terrible type of guy, but I'm, I, uh, I am like a, okay. I, Brian G. Murray and Jerry Mack. Those are not that hard to replace. And so I think that I, it's not Tim Banks, Glenn Ellerby or Rodney Garner. Those are the ones that I think you just can't lose whatsoever. Um, Let me so, ask you, let me ask you, Jimmy, what do you, what do you make of that that rationale? I, I tend to, I, I don't think you want to lose any coaches, but I tend to agree with it. I, I don't you, you definitely don't want to lose. I don't believe some of the other guys, but what are your thoughts on that rationale? I agree with Caleb. I think that the uh, the Jerry Mack is replaceable. I think uh, Brian Jean Marie is replaceable. I think that they can find people. They would not be on my top three as Caleb uh, mentioned on my top three of assistants that you have to keep. So, uh, yeah, you don't want to lose them, but, and I know this is different, but Nick Saban lost an awful lot of assistant coaches and he found somebody else and replaced him. And sometimes the replacement was better. Johnny Majors lost a heck of a lot of assistant coaches and he found sometimes assistance is good or better. So I, I, I think there are a lot of good coaches out there. So I, that does not concern me uh, as much as the NCAA possibilities so what um what do you think is most easily replaceable about the two guys that they they have lost is it the recruiting aspect of it or is it the coaching aspect of it because one coaches run coach running backs at tennessee i don't think that's an incredibly difficult position to coach 
and the other's linebackers weren't great. Yeah, so if I'm a running backs coach and I have, um, I don't know, Jamal Lewis, Travis Stevens, Travis Henry, I'm a pretty good coach. So to me, it's it's <laughs> the talent. Okay? Damn right you are. Yeah. Was that a shot uh, at Randy Sanders, who uh, was a running backs coach that year? <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. And I think Randy was a good coach. I'll get off Randy. Absolutely. All right. Look, look at, hey, he's got a couple of national championship rings. All right. Yeah, and Jimmy, and Jimmy, I'm the one who wrote that he would be Philip Fulmer's replacement, interviewing him and his dad at a Cracker Barrel in Smyrna or something. But anyway, go ahead. Wow. Um, okay. 2005, circa. <laughs> I didn't remember that one. Um, <laughs> uh, so, uh, gosh, where were we? Uh, oh, and then the linebackers. I, I just think the linebackers were, were kind of average. Um, I didn't see anything special out of them. I don't know that I thought that the linebackers got better. I don't know that I thought Herring got much better. Uh, Carter, who was a freshman, I don't know that he got much better. I I think that um, I think the linebacker coach is replaceable, and I don't think I don't think you'd miss a beat. Here's the thing, too: you get Kenan Peely back, and if he can stay healthy, uh, to me, that's more important than the linebacker coach. So, Jimmy, we're so we're all in agreement that for a running backs coach, you you just need to be a recruiter. I mean, because mm-hmm. literally, what, what do you coach running back to do? Hey, take this ball and run for a touchdown. You know, I mean, it's it's pretty simple. Linebacker coach, do you think it's more important for Tennessee to get a develop a guy that develops talent or to get another recruiter? Which one is more important for a linebacker coach? I, I'll take the recruiter. Yeah, I'll take the recruiter. I, I, and and I think yeah, I would, and I do think development of of players is good, but I think you you can take a guy and that if he has limited skills, then you can coach him all you want. You may have just limited production. Uh, if I get a, a Carter in there, uh, then I, 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 who I think has a lot of ability, uh, I think sometimes talent can overcoach average coaching. So I would, I would take the recruiter, uh, get me the best athletes on the field, and um, you don't have to be great at coaching them up. You just have to make sure they don't make mistakes. Yep, I agree with that. Jimmy's appearance brought to you in part by our friend Don Self. Customer service still matters. Your state farm agent in the Chattanooga area, donself.net, donself.net. Everybody wants a deal, but what happens when you send that claim in called Don Self? Customer service still matters. Donself.net, right below donself.net. Um, Jimmy, do you think in with with the running back situation? I think we've all discussed Dylan Sampson, how he is not a great uh, pass blocker or he's blown some assignments and that can get your quarterback blown up. So my question for you, was that more coaching you believe, or is that more effort in wanting to put a hat on a man? Because sometimes that's an issue with running backs. They don't enjoy that part about it. Um, But with the coaching departure now, I wonder if if Tennessee could trade up in some sense. Well, with Sampson, to me, I think it's his size. Uh, he, he weighs, I don't know what they list him. He looks like he weighs 180 pounds. By the way, I think I made a mistake. I, I think I said last week that it was Samson, a right against LSU with Samson on the pass blocking uh, down in Baton Rouge a couple of years ago. But it, I, I think Samson's size hurts him. Uh, Jalen Hurd was a terrific pass protector as a running back. Why? Well, he was 6'4 and about 225 pounds. Uh, you, you need some size to be able to do that because you got linebackers uh, that's a lot of times are uh, that are coming at you in a blitz. They're unblocked. They weigh 235 pounds. They're going to run over you. And that's what they did to Samson. So I don't think it's an effort problem. I just don't think he's big enough to do it. 
he needs to put on about 10 or 15 pounds, which Jalen Wright did. Wright was not a real good pass protector as a freshman. He got a lot better. He also got a lot bigger. And one, and, and he was reluctant to put on the weight because he thought he would lose his speed. He didn't. Tennessee needs to apply the same formula to Samson. Put on some weight. Make sure he doesn't lose any speed. That'll help him be a better blocker in pass protection. So is he? Is there anything you can you can teach him out of the size aspect of it, or is I? I, I mean, they they did have some small guys uh, in Travis Stevens. Uh, they had some some other guys. I mean, I guess what I'm asking is how could how good could it get in pass protection, or is there always going to be kind of a glass ceiling there? The technique plays a role in it. Th- that's a part of it. I'm not going to sit there and tell you I know all the techniques that a running back needs to use to block a 235-pound linebacker that's coming uh, on a blitz that's scot-free. But I think technique is a part of it, uh, where you hit him. You don't want to go up high. He's going to run right over you. So I, I do think that's a part of it. Uh, your stance and your blocking uh, plays a factor in that as well. So in your footwork in regard to that. So you can improve that with your fundamentals. Uh, but uh, only to a certain degree. You still need to have, I think, some size to be able to do that. And, look, I I can't go back and say, hey, I saw Travis Stevens use this particular technique to improve. I I don't know that, but I do think the fundamentals of it would help Samson improve. Yeah, but I – so I want to get back to linebackers, but I would say at that point, and just a quick mention, Alvin Kamara, you know, I always compared him to Alvin Kamara, but, Jimmy, you're right. I just looked it up. Alvin Kamara was 215 when he was at Tennessee, and Dylan Sampson's 190, so big difference. Um, Generous 190. Yeah. Yeah, I really didn't realize they were 25 pounds plus apart. Um, So getting back to the linebackers a little bit, um, so you – do you think the development issue – I? Do you think it was a concern that guys like Arian Carter didn't see the field towards the end of the year as much as they should have? Um, because yes. we heard so much talk about him. So is it almost like you're not really sad to see Brian Jean-Marie go, if that's the case? Well, I, I don't know that I would put it all on him in that perspective. I, I did see the linebackers chasing people in past coverage too much, uh, which gets back, in my opinion, to some coaching. Uh, did the players not recognize it? Did they not know they had the back out of the backfield? Did they not know they had the tight end? Uh, those are things, because I, I don't always know the coverage. W- what was the coverage call? Was it man? Was it zone? What was your responsibility? A lot of that mm-hmm. is hard for me to determine. I just know I saw linebackers chasing receivers too often, and uh, even linebackers that had some speed. But if you don't know where to go, then the speed is negated, Right. So I, I think I think some of it was was play recognition by linebackers, which to a degree gets back to coaching. Now, if you're a freshman, I understand that a little bit more. Uh, but um, it shouldn't happen, and it didn't often. But in Aaron Beasley, it should never happen to him. He's been around he was around five years. So, but I do think the coaching aspect of it plays a part in my thinking. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So on our YouTube page, if you want to vote, do it now. Be sure to hit that like and subscribe button. The, the poll is, are you more worried about the NCAA or losing coaches? This is right down the middle. 
52% NCAA is always bad. Can't lose coaches with 48%. So certainly give us a vote there, and we'll continue to keep an eye on that as that tends to fluctuate uh, throughout the uh, throughout the day. And then uh, you had Tennessee basketball that you and I were <laughs> – Last week, maybe we jinxed them. We're texting back and forth. <laughs> but best best team since, and I said uh, Ernie and Bernie. And then Caleb did the research. There are better teams than Ernie and Bernie if you want to use, as you know, NCAA success. And I said Dalton Connect, best scorer since Bernard King. And that kind of got some play. I think Ron stole that from me and used it in Nashville, too. Now where are we? <laughs> Uh, this team um, has disappointed me in some areas. Look, the way they played at Kentucky, that's pretty darn good. Oh yeah. But 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 here here's my here's what I see crop, uh, creep, cropping up with this team that concerns me. They could not stop Georgia's quick guards from getting to the basket. That's one reason they got way behind, had to come back. They didn't stop Vanderbilt's guards from penetrating, and getting to the basket. South Carolina had some success doing that. So did A and M. A&M hit threes. They also had guards that got to the basket. Ziggler is a pretty good defensive player, but he allows too much penetration by the opposing guards. Uh, so does Vescovy. So does James. That really bothers me. So while I see a very high ceiling for this team, when you beat Alabama by 20 at home, when you beat Ole Miss 90-64, to 64, uh, when you go to Kentucky and win by double digits, you got a very high ceiling. But I, I actually – and I know some people are going to push back on this. I think their defense is overrated. I don't care if it says they're number two in the nation in, in defensive efficiency by Ken Palm. They didn't play very good defense at Kentucky. Kentucky scored over 90 points, right? True, true. They didn't score good defense against AM. And I differ from Rick Barnes, where he said that it wasn't three point shooting, it was one on one. No, Wade Taylor hit five out of five on threes. And when they built that 16 point lead in the first half, they had made eight threes. Tennessee had made two. They were eight of 12. Tennessee was two of 11 on threes. Threes played a huge role in that game and AM building a lead. So defensively, I think they're overrated. That concerns me. I didn't think I'd be saying that at this point in the year. Wow, good stuff. Well, uh, Jimmy, I want to get to why I think their defense struggled on Saturday. But as for the three-point shooting in Tennessee's no pun intended defense on that, I mean, isn't it the case that in basketball, like I get there is such thing as perimeter defense, but if a guy's red hot shooting the ball, I mean, the you know, you could put LeBron James in his prime guard in him and he's not going to stop him from hitting threes. I mean, isn't that the way three-point shooting works in basketball? If a guy's red hot, there's no stopping him whatsoever? Uh, to, a, to a large degree, that's true. Uh, and I will say this, Taylor made some ridiculously good three-point shots that were contested, but he also was open a few times. So, yeah. yes, uh, it's a combination – and and I I think that Tennessee didn't do they left open some other people. And in the second half, AM's three point shooting cooled off and they shot more like the AM team we'd seen all year. Uh but but Taylor got hot and hit some great shots. Uh but and it, it wasn't just AM. In other games, I've seen teams have some wide open three point looks, which to me signifies there's a breakdown in defense. Well, so Dave, sorry, can I Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, because I just wanted to go from that to um to the point of what I saw on Saturday, which was an issue is I just think it's what we talked about last week, which is they're tired. I think Rick Barnes is not mm -hmm. running enough guys and they're losing 50, 50 balls. Texas A&M spent 34 of the 40 minutes on Saturday with nobody over six, eight on the floor. And they still had two more offensive rebounds than Tennessee, which is nothing more than an effort thing. And I'm starting to think that 
I don't think they were. Is that because Tennessee was just lazy and didn't show up, or are they just gassed because Rick Barnes does stuff like plays Zakai Ziegler all 40 minutes in a double-digit loss on the road? <laughs> <laughs> well, and to your point, this guy named Garcia, who's like, what is he, 6'8"? Didn't yeah. he come in and get nine offensive rebounds? Oh! Yeah. Just what Jonas do? <laughs> you know that he is their best rebounder. He's a very good offensive rebounder. Uh, have you ever thought of blocking him out? That would help. He's not going to jump over you if you got a 6'6 or a 6'11 guy blocking him out. I was stunned that he was able to roam free like that without a body on him to get that many offensive rebounds. I, I just think you've got to choose. Are you going to be a team that runs a lot and and lack a little bit on boxing out, or are you going to box out and be the team that I think Rick Barnes wants him to be? But I'm, I'm a little confused what – kind of team he wants. I, somebody asked on the message board about buyout. I'm, I'm sure we're not anywhere close to that, but I do want to ask you about it. Uh, remind you the portions of the program brought to you by our good friend at Rick Terry Jewelry Design. They want to be your jeweler. Fire Opals, we're giving some away at the end of the program today for one of our Johns on Hooker's Corner. Rick Terry Jewelry Design, they want to be your jeweler. Those Fire Opals are fantastic. A Tennessee tradition, rickterryjewelry.com. Shop today, or he's in West Knoxville. It's Valentine's Day. We love it when you support our sponsors. And we'll be giving away a pair later today if you want to join our Patreon group, uh, Hooker's Corner, be a John. So what is the buyout situation with Rick Barnes? Not that it would get to that point. I don't know. I think he's got three years left on a contract. It pays him over $5 million a year. But that's a guess. I don't know that for sure. But for those that are interested in the buyout, uh, Tennessee has been ranked around number five in the country most of this season. Yeah. They do have some really good wins. Um, so, uh, and, and then compare what they were doing before he got. Now, Pearl had a really good run. Uh, but Tennessee in basketball has not been necessarily a hotbed for a long time. When I first got here, you know, which was 1985, under Don DeVoe, they were a stretch or they were pretty average. And then they bring in Wade Houston and they were worse than average. And then Kevin O'Neill, who could score 38 points on a given night. The basketball program wasn't worth a flip for a long time until Bruce Pearl got here. He showed that if you win, they will come. And then and Rick Barnes has carried that uh, also. So, I mean, this, this basketball program is in really, really good shape relative to its history. Now, you got a postseason, that's another issue. Rick Barnes has not been a good postseason coach. Nobody could argue that he is. But to say to be thinking about a buyout right now to me would be what's that singer's name? Uh ludicrous. I think yeah. that's pretty good. And yeah, he was, was out good. there. Luda was rocking uh -huh. it that time. That's pretty good. That should have been the Super Bowl performance in Atlanta two years ago, three years ago, not the one in Vegas, because that was all Atlanta artists, basically. Um, Jimmy, I, uh, I actually saw him do halftime at a Falcons Cowboys game, Jimmy, and um, that was interesting. It wasn't as PG as the one you saw, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, I can imagine. And Jimmy, isn't this also like a very be careful what you wish for moment? Because I, I isn't, wasn't there a moment, I think it was about 2015 or 2016. When the SEC in football outside of Alabama was really bad because didn't they chase off a bunch of good coaches trying to find their own Nick Saban? Yeah. And it, it, I remember that very well. And 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 I think that it, given Tennessee's basketball history, if you got a coach that's got you in the in the mix, don't you just kind of stick with it at that point? 
I do. And I understand the frustration of not having postseason success. Basketball is a tournament sport, which, by the way, isn't college football now a tournament sport with 12 teams? Anyway, it is. Yeah. Regular um, season is done. Uh, so I, he still has to be good enough to get there. But yes. Um, so uh, yeah, he's had a lot of success. The careful what you wish for exactly because he has built a program. He's got a great culture. Uh, he, he is, they've recruited well. So yeah, I, uh, I keep knocking on the door, but look, I understand the frustration of not having, not ever having a team in the final four when eight other programs in your conference have done that, including Mississippi state, goodness gracious. So yeah, <laughs> I, I, I get that frustration. You need to have more postseason success. Uh, maybe it's because they do get tired, which has been an argument. Uh, maybe there's a game or two where there's a bad matchup. Maybe there's a coaching uh, uh, sprinkled in there. But Rick Barnes, to to silence all the critics, needs to have more postseason success in the NCAA tournament, not SEC tournament, NCAA tournament. Okay, so equal talent. Because somebody posted this on the message board, Jimmy. I'm going to let you get out of here. Equal talent. Ten games. Let's say seven to make it NBA style. Who wins? Rick Barnes, Bruce Pearl. Bruce Pearl. Look at his record against Barnes. I don't know the last seven to eight games or so. Look at Pearl's record against Barnes. It's a lot better. Yeah, Pearl's a better equal talent. Pearl's a better tactician in a game setting. I think Barnes is a better developer of players. I do think Barnes player development mm-hmm. is better than Pearl's. Yep. But yeah, equal talent for a seven game series. Uh, Bruce Pearl is going to X's and O's his way to winning that series. Is it a seven game series? And uh, he'll do it in a one game or seven game series. Yes. No, no, no. I'm saying, I'm asking no. Jimmy, is it a four, three, seven games? Or would it be four, Oh, uh, a sweep? No, I, I don't think so. And remember you got home and home and home on this series, right? That's right. We're, we're doing a whole new thing. We're, we're yeah, creating this is a NBA style, right? So, <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm going seven games. Awesome. I would go six. Um, Jimmy, great stuff as always, buddy. We appreciate you more than you know, and um, have a great uh, rest of the week and en- enjoy retirement. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying. Dave, I appreciate it. Caleb, thank you. And I hope y'all have a great Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. We're not, we're virtual here, so I can't actually give you any sort of hug right here. Uh, But I think I'll be joining you on uh, John Pennington Sports Source on Sunday. So there's a hug for you. A delayed hug. Looking forward to it. (laughs) You got to join Hooker's Corner on Valentine's Day, though, Jimmy. That's the best time to join. Jimmy might get Jimmy might get a comp since some of his work's going to be on there. He doesn't have to pay. For, he doesn't have to pay for the paywall. Jimmy, thank you, sir. Thank you, guys. Take care. <laughs> yeah, all our guests are lucky enough to join Hooker's Corner, and then they have to pay. So we just take it out of their uh, page and every way. All right. So good stuff, with Jimmy Himes. Coming up uh, on the program, we've got a lot to talk about. Is February supposed to be slow? Well, it ain't. Um, we talked Tennessee basketball already on our poll question on youtube you can vote now are you more worried about the ncaa or are you more worried about losing coaches i don't know that i ask you caleb what's the more pressing issue oh i think it's i i, I i'm gonna see, thing, I'm, I'm actually, i think i think both are zero percent concerns this is why it's hard for me oh okay i got you well i was gonna say this i think that it's a little bit of a concern losing coaches. It's not a great optic, even if you trade up. 
So I would say nothing's going to happen with the NCAA in terms of Tennessee getting in trouble. I realize I'm kind of going with the all or nothing thing because Jimmy's right. Something did happen with the NCAA under probation. It could be bad, bad. I just don't think they have a a real argument. I don't think anything's going to happen. So I'm putting that at 0%. So then by definition, losing any coaches to me would be the bigger concern. That's just me. But I've gone back and forth. That's where I'm kind of at. I'm actually with you on that. Yeah. Um, And I've gone back and forth a couple of times. During this break, I could change my mind, and Caleb might too, because neither one of them are great. And you could always hire a worse coach by accident. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, like, that just that potential makes it that's a more concern than okay how about this though and and how about i know you're you're in and out our listeners but listen to me for a second tennessee other than nil their greatest pool from guys i talked to in recruiting both at other coaches at other schools and prospects is their culture what if you have one guy that comes in and he's just a jack wagon and you lose that culture it's something to think about maybe we'll discuss that tomorrow because their, their culture is pretty special right now. And I, I don't say that lightly because Tennessee has some has really bad culture in the past. Uh, coming up on the program, we're going to dive into uh, some balls invited to the NFL combine. We'll jump in the hot tub brought to you by dynasty pools and spas to give you four downs, four seasons, dynasty pools and spas with Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker off the sports. Sand and salt water, the beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. Sports Treasures in North Knoxville is one of the South's largest sports cards and memorabilia dealers, featuring over 10 million sports cards from vintage to modern. Sports Treasures carries a full line of hobby boxes, singles, autographed memorabilia, Tennessee ball collectibles, fan cave decorations, and so much more. See a museum full of collectibles at Sports Treasures, 4819 North Broadway in Fountain City, and Sports Treasures on Facebook. Sports Treasures, where the real sports fan goes to shop. Have you seen the latest TriStar Hats Co. product? TriStar Hats Co., what's that? You know, those really cool hats, shirts, tumblers, and even license plates with three stars like the official Tennessee flag and stripes like the American flag. Pretty patriotic if you ask me. Ah, gotcha. Seen those. Those are cool. Where can I get them? Simple. TriStarHatsCo.com. And if you order now, there's 10% on any order $50 or more. Plus, use the promo code HOOKED. With the promo code HOOKED, you get 10% off. That's HOOKED. And don't forget free shipping with any order over 50 bucks. Stock up at TriStarHatsCo.com. That's TriStarHatsCo.com. There are plenty of wannabes out there, so make sure you go to TriStarHatsCo.com for the best quality and customer service. Will do, and I'll be sure to use the promo code HOOKED. That's HOOKED when I do to save an additional 10% off. TriStarHatsCo.com. TriStar Hats Co. is a trademark of TriStar Hats Co. LLC. Any use without express written consent is prohibited. What's up, everybody? This is Jacob Warren asking you to like, subscribe, and share. Dave needs this. Yes, he does. Here we go. Off the Hook Sports with Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker, and I have messed up my board. But that's okay because I can fix it. Do you have faith in me, Caleb? I have faith in you, Dave. I have faith in you. The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee. 
trial attorney. Excuse me, Your Honor. Play to win. Thanksjones.com. Um, who's this guy? Hello, wizard. The Dave Hooker Show. Ooh. A presentation of Off the Hook Sports. What? YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. Back to Dave Hooker. When we have any sort of technical audio issue, here's what I always tell Caleb after the show. And I'll just go ahead and out myself right now. Um, I was like, this board is so complicated. It is so difficult to hook up and play the correct thing that um, I'm blaming it on the board. When in reality, it's supposed to be the most user-friendly piece of tech advice, tech uh, technology on the market today when it comes to podcasting or show streaming. The easiest. I mean, deemed by all the critics, the easiest. So really, it's me. And Dave, you're not even a boomer. You're a Gen Xer. Like, Gen Xers and below and younger should all be okay in handling this stuff. Well, then I'm just an idiot. All right, it's time. (laughs) We'll get to Four Downs Four Seasons, brought to you by Dynasty Pools and Spas. Four Downs is right now. Four Downs, brought to you by Dynasty Spas, the most comfortable spas made in the United States of America, right here in East Tennessee. Drop in for the all-new showroom in Athens, Dynasty Spas, perfect for all four seasons. Four Downs, presented by Off the Hook Sports. All right, Caleb, so three balls selected to the Combine. That's very good news for them because... That means the NFL basically thinks that you're going to get drafted. Um, What do you make of the three Vols that got invited to the Combine? One is very familiar and uh, should be able to take his errant passing all the way up to Indianapolis. Yeah, we should uh, just to name him ahead of time. It's uh, (laughs) I think that gives one away. Joe Joe Milton is one. Kamal Haddon is the other. And Jalen Wright is the third it's actually kind of shocking to me. I'm going to write a column on this guy today, and I think we'll talk about it tomorrow. We'll save this. But uh, if you look at Tennessee's all SEC selections, their NFL combine invites, it's among the fewest in the SEC. Now, I realize they weren't a top five team last year, but the math ain't mathing because they were a middle of the pack at the very least SEC team this past year. But the numbers would suggest they were at the bottom of the pack in the SEC. So... I'm going to try to break that down a little bit. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and do that right now. By the, before I get – well, we'll make that a down, actually. Cooper, what should people do? Cooper Mays here. Hit like and subscribe. Thanks, Coop. What down? Coop here. First down. I, I'm going to start on these guys, okay? And then I'm going to tell you who's going to be the best pro here in a second that is not uh, invited to the combine and it's not on this list. All right. Who will have the best combine? That's first down. That's pretty easy. It's Joe Milton, workout warrior. However, I'll say this. They do a, a, a throwing. If, I, if I'm him, I don't throw in Indianapolis at all. I throw at my pro day when I've got my players that I'm comfortable with because one incomplete pass um, in, in a combine setting is bad. And just one uh, in a pro day is awful because you've had a chance to go through that. Uh, but I think still Joe Milton will have the best combine, but his draft status will be determined by throwing a pro day. Cause if he throws at, if he throws at the combine, he's gotten very bad advice. Caleb. I don't know. I actually disagree. I think I would throw at the combine because mm-hmm. we've seen it's not his, it's not his guys. It's not his guys. I'm, I promise it's not it. 
But he doesn't have to process quickly. That's what help. Um, that's what's going to help him at the combine. No, no, no. Okay, let's let's clarify. I'm fine with him throwing to one on ones, single that's routes. I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't want him going out there repositioning his feet, which he doesn't have great footwork, and doing all that. That's that's what I don't want him doing. He needs an agent. He's one of the guys that needs an agent by his his side the entire time. And the pro day at Tennessee, I would think, would be much better. If you're throwing to guys like, um, you know, Ramel Keaton, Jacob Warren, guys, you know, I think it'd be a lot better. And I bet some of the players would come out that are still currently balls. And because he's so, he's so popular, uh, they would go ahead and run routes for him too. So I think he would look good at Tennessee. I think there's a chance he could look really bad in Indianapolis. I still think, I, I agree though. In, in general, he'll have the best combine because they're going to fall in love with him because of his physical attributes. And I, we talked last night on the phone, guys, about players who may have wowed at the Combine from Tennessee. I don't have the stats in front of me. I didn't do the research, and I don't even know if the Combine exists. But, I mean, let's be honest. Heath Schuler was the number three pick in the NFL draft because he was so physically gifted. And, I mean, how the NFL, one thing that never fails in the NFL, no matter how many years it, ha- it, it it's they're proven wrong, coaches can't resist the quarterback that has all the physical tools. They just can't. They well, can't. or even or even the player. I mean, it's yeah. the kind of special ability. I can I can coach it up. You know, I can I can take care of that. That's no problem. It's uh, like the toxic girl that you just can't walk away from. You're like, I could I could fix her. I can make her I can make her uh, wifey material. <laughs> exactly. Uh what down Coop? Cooper Mays here. Second down. All right. Who's the best player out of this class? So give me again the three that were invited. So everybody knows three invited to the combine. So theoretically, they should be the three in this class. But if you've got a draft pick, who are you spending on first? Because mine's not of this trio. All right, the three out of this class, uh, Jalen Wright, Kamal Haddon, and um, Joe Milton. I'm going to willingly say that Jalen Wright is the best player, that is the player I would draft the highest out of this class from Tennessee. I'd draft Jalen Wright. You want to guess who I would draft? Who would be my first of all drafted if I were a GM in the NFL? I'm actually at a complete loss, Dave, and I'm gonna feel stupid when you say it because I probably know I probably know where you will remember, but I'm just at a loss at this moment. Um, let me let me help. Receiver, Ramel Keaton. Yeah, I, I th- here's what I think about Ramel Keaton and what I've been told: not incredibly physically gifted, but an incredibly hard worker. I think he can make a team for special teams. I think Joe Milton, we have questions there. We have questions about Wright long-term just because he's a running back, okay? N- nothing personally against Wright, but he's a running back, so you could get three or four years. I think you could get seven or eight out of Keaton as a special teams player and a complimentary receiver. And then I want to talk about Haddon up next. What down, Coop? Tennessee center Cooper Mays here, third down. Okay, which of the three that we mentioned that are going to the combine will have – will be drafted the highest and have the – well, I'm going to wait for the best NFL uh, future, but will be drafted the highest of those three. It's going to be Joe Milton because he's going to wow at the combine and there will be an NFL GM that just can't resist those physical tools, that just can't resist it. You think Joe Milton's going to go higher than the other two cats? Yeah, because Kamal Haddon still has to fight off the injury bug because he just had a season-ending injury. That's going to be a concern for coaches. Jalen Wright, you just brought it up as a running back. 
and people don't want to waste draft picks on running backs. Joe Milton, there is going to be somebody that sees what he can do. And then also, here's the other thing. If Joe Milton gets a smart agent, that agent, whether that be his uncle or dad or whoever was talking to us on YouTube, Dave, if they're going to talk to us, you know what you know what they're going to tell um, scouts. They're going to talk about all the injuries Tennessee dealt with at receiver last year, right? They're going to point out the number of all SEC players, aren't they? And they're going to say they're, they're going to they're going to say, look at Tennessee's all SEC players, look at their injuries. Joe Milton didn't work with a lot last year. That's what an agent's going to sell on for Joe Milton. And if GM's going to fall for that. Well, nobody agrees with me. So uh, right now, you have Dave, you feeling okay this morning. I'm feeling great, except for the fact that we got a puppy who didn't uh, let us know they needed to go outside at 2 a.m. Um, that was a bit of a surprise uh, in the bed. So, uh, and then hands of stone, Keaton, no way. Um, I'm getting completely disagreed with. And then we have Hayden, uh, sorry, Hayden, uh, will go before all. If not for the injury bug, would it be a lock that he would go number one? No, I, I don't think any of these guys are first day picks or second day picks. I think all of these guys are fourth to seventh round picks. And I think Joe Milton's going to play him, going to throw himself into a fourth rounder. I do. I, he's barely a drop pick right now, and he's going to throw himself into a fourth rounder. Scouts will fall in love, guys. And again, this is why that all SEC and number of balls invited to the combine is relevant, Dave. That's a really big selling point for Joe Milton, isn't it? Can't he say, look, I didn't have any all SEC weapons. I didn't have any guy weapons invited to the combine. Look at look at what I was working with. He can actually sell that now to GMs because Tennessee's had so few players receive postseason recognition. Okay, so that's the crux of the issue. You think he's going four-ish. I think he's going seven-ish. So that's ultimately... I don't think he's four-ish caliber. Yeah, I don't think he's four-ish caliber. I think no, he I should be seven-ish. Yeah, no, no, no. no. You're, you're talking about landscape positions they play all of that i think he's more around seven i think Wright's more around four and i think Haddon will be more around four so that's where we basically differ which leads us to fourth down who will be the best pro four downs four seasons brought to you by dynasty pools and spas mentioned off the hook sports get five hundred dollars off your spa and they deliver to k-town kids having the best spas made right here in the United States of America in your backyard. Dynasty Pools and Spas, their showroom is open in Athens right off the interstate. You can stop by and check out the best hot tubs and spas in the market. And then delivery, yes, they can do that. It's Knoxville or Chattanooga. They've got complete support spa cover and chemicals to keep your spa bubbling at its best. They also have pool chemicals as well dynasty pools and spas amazing discounts for first responders military and even some blemish models that can save you a ton and no one will ever notice mention off the hook sports get five hundred dollars off mention off the hook sports get five hundred dollars off dynasty pools and spas go to dynasty pools and spas.com or stop by that showroom in athens dynasty pools and spas.com dynasty pools and spas all SEC center Cooper Mays here, fourth down. Who has the best NFL career out of the three cats we're talking about going to the combine? Haddon, Milton, or Jalen Wright? So even though I said Wright's the best prospect and Milton's going to go the highest, I'm, I'm, I'm being a communist here. I'm, I'm naming everybody equally at some point. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, I'm going to say Haddon. And the reason is I think Haddon is the type – that's going to get drafted into the right situation because teams are going to see what Haddon can do. And there will be certain teams that are like, he fits our defense. Well, 
they'll draft him and he'll actually be able to be a reliable fit at cornerback. And also they've had him talks a lot and y'all can say what you want about that, but coaches love cornerbacks who talk a lot, don't they? That's a position where they want to, they want you to have a lot of edge. True. Um, I see him more as a special teams player, but I think Jalen Wright has the biggest impact on the team. I think it's shorter. I think it's four or five years because he's a running back. But I think at the end of the day, if it's your favorite NFL team and you've got to choose between the careers in retrospect that you get out of those three guys, I think you'll look back and you'll say, man, we got five good years out of Jalen Wright and didn't have to spend a lot of money on a running back. Um, I don't think that you'll get that out of Haddon. I think you'll get a longer career, quite possibly. But I don't think you'll I, – I, I really believe Wright's going to make a Pro Bowl or two. Now, I didn't say all pro, okay, because Pro Bowl is oftentimes you, you're going down the list of the fourth or, best, fourth or fifth best guy. But I actually think Wright will make a couple of Pro Bowls. Am I crazy? Okay, but I think – you know who Kamal Haddon is to me? And I say this as a Titans fan. Who? You ready? You know what? He's going to be a Cortland Finnegan in the NFL. Just that chippy cornerback who just really gets under your skin. You know what I'm talking about? Like that guy that'll start fights with the best receiver just for the heck of it. Cortland Finnegan wasn't that good of a cornerback, guys. But Jeff Fisher loved him because he had such a edge to him. (laughs) And that's, that's actually the one thing I give Jeff Fisher credit for was sticking by Cortland Finnegan. Yeah. Uh, show represented by Banks and Jones. Where does Josh Heupel rank against the coaches that he will be facing this upcoming season? Pretty high. 60 seconds. Banks and Jones. Banks and Jones? Well, it's because they're Tennessee's trial attorney. You can play to win with Banks and Jones because they'll go to trial. You've heard of other lawyers. They say they'll go to trial and fight for you. They won't. They just want to settle. That's the easiest way out. Well, that's not Banks and Jones, led by T. Scott Jones. They won't settle. They'll go to trial for you. Tennessee's trial attorney. They play to win. Truly, Tennessee's trial attorney when it comes to criminal defense or personal injury. Why settle? Banks and Jones. T. Scott Jones. Banksandjones.com. All right. So Josh Heupel and Tennessee depending on who you ask, has a very daunting schedule or a very favorable schedule. Caleb and I both thought, considering the player, the teams they had to play, that it was favorable. Uh, you have a trip to Oklahoma, and then you have a lot of the regulars. But uh, a lot of people said that they thought that was an incredibly tough schedule. No matter the case, I don't want to get caught up in that. But as far as coaches, comparing the coaches – where would Tennessee rank? So let me uh, start with the obvious one. You have to give Kirby Smart the advantage, right? Can we? I know there are a lot of ten, diehard Tennessee fans that probably hate Kirby Smart, but you have to give him the advantage, right? Let me ask you just this question, though. If uh, you had equal talent, if you had equal talent, who do you think would be better at game planning? I'm going to plead ignorance because. I haven't seen it yet, and I wasn't wowed with what Josh Heupel did or didn't do in terms of adjustments against Missouri last year. So if you took that one game out, I could make a much stronger argument. I thought that was a red flag. He'll probably learn from that, and that's great. But I would take Kirby. Who would you take? I'll I'll go based on what we know, Kirby, but I don't think it's as obvious. Like Nick Saban, it was more obvious because you have 
taught me about how just great of a game planner Nick Saban was and just how incredible he, how involved he was in the game planning. I'm not so sure Kirby's not just a defensive coordinator and lets the offense do its thing at Georgia. Now, this column ran. When did this run? Did this run Monday? Uh, I believe so. Or Sunday. Yeah. Did it run Sunday? Or Sunday. So things have changed with Kalen DeBoer. But I will tell you this with Brent Venables, who did go 10 and 3 last season, but 6 and 7 in 2022, I would give the advantage to Hypel on that. Uh, one could argue Kentucky's Mark Stoops gets a nod over Hypel because what he has done long term, and I like what he's done at Kentucky. I got a lot of respect for it, but I would still go Hypel. Uh, Billy Napier, obviously uh, Hypel. Arkansas head coach Sam Pittman's on the hot seat, so that has to be uh, Hypel. Um, and then um, I do think you have to factor into if you're ranking these coaches the success that Hypel had at Central Florida. So it's not as if it's just what Tennessee did, what Tennessee's done under Hypel, and what Stoops has done at Kentucky. It's not apples and oranges, so you have to factor that in as well. Now, when I wrote this column. I had advantage DeBoer because at Alabama because he had um, made the college football playoff. I mean, to me, that's more significant than anything Hypel has done. <clears throat> so it's a it's a little bit of a combination of projecting forward and a combination of what they have done. If I went and rewrote this column, considering what has happened, I believe that the lack of loyalty among his staff that makes me believe that he hit lightning in a bottle with a very good quarterback at Washington and I don't know that he can ever uh, recreate that so I had advantage currently in parentheses DeBoer but boy I don't feel nearly as good about it as when I wrote this column on Sunday so I compared DeBoer's season last year to Heupel's 2022 season and I'm trying to think you know, if Hypo were coaching in the Pac-12, could he have gone undefeated too with that 2022 team? And I'm halfway there, but then I'm like, but the South Carolina game happened. And to DeBoer's credit, there was no South Carolina game that happened in the Pac-12 that happened last year. And so that's the only thing that still on resume makes me lean DeBoer. But guys, I'm trying... I'm, I'm telling you, I'm working on another history video on a Kalen DeBoer background that's going to come up. And I'll just tell you up front, it's really hard to identify something that's unique about his spread offense that's that that puts him just ahead of the curve. I, I'm with you. I think he just is a I think is a standard coach who wins a standard spread offense who found the right quarterback that got him above the hump at Washington. And I think we're gonna see that very quickly. So gun to my head, I think I got Josh Heupel. Resume, I'll give DeBoer the advantage because of the resume, but I'd rather have Josh Heupel coaching than DeBoer. Well, I agree. Um with that, if if you ask me to pick who I wanted to be my my coach for the next ten years, it's Heifel, and it's really not even close. Um, because we've talked about on this very show the fact that please hit that like button and subscribe if you haven't yet. Greatly appreciate it. We've talked about on the show how Heifel seems to have success regardless of his his assistants are. I mean, if you look at Jerry Mack and you look at uh, Brian Jean-Marie, it feels like if Tennessee loses both those guys, and it looks like that might be the case with Jean-Marie going to Michigan and Mac already going to the Jacksonville Jaguars, doesn't it feel like, Caleb, that uh, Josh Heupel is going to be okay? DeBoer just lost his offensive coordinator. 
Um, I, 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 I don't think he's going to be just okay. So if you're asking me, this is not an all-star staff like um, like Lane Kiffin had to put together. If you're asking me the head coach, I, I'm going with Heupel, and then who can you bring along? I trust him to bring along good coaches. And I think for the most part, he's done that. I, I really believe that when you look at the coaching changes that are happening, this is an opportunity for an upgrade at a couple of different positions in terms of a recruiter or uh, a position coach. I don't think Tennessee's lost a lot. I think what's, what's scary about Tennessee and the, the coaching turnover that they could un- undergo, which let's say is one, could be two. Did you want to make a change with Willie Martinez? Did you want to make it? Because if you did, that would be three coaches. The optics of that would be bad, number one. Number two, that's a major upheaval in recruiting to lose three guys and all those contacts. It will cost you guys. I don't know which ones. We'll never know which ones, but it will cost you prospects. So I I, I think it's – but I think Hopper will replace them with good guys, so I'm taking Hopper. Yeah, I agree. Now, I got a question. Now, okay, you can laugh, but does DeBoer's NAIA success – reflect on him at all i mean he did i know it's in naia like which is below division three but at sweet falls he won three naia championships in four years national championships does that count for anything i mean it counts for something it count it it counts just like it did with bruce pearl you know bruce pearl yeah i mean he he had he had success there and travis brings this up and that's what I, I really like about Josh Heupel is that this is not a soft offense. It might be an up-tempo offense, but it's not soft like Butch Jones ran. Travis says Washington was so soft in the natty, he better do something different. That's a great point. I mean, just philosophically, let's be honest with you. I mean, I, I like what Josh Heupel is doing a lot better than what, what DeBoer has done. Yeah, and we talked about this on uh, yesterday, and I, you know, it's, it's it's actually pertinent to kind of bring up again, because this was the problem with the fourteen playoff the entire time, was that a fourteen playoff. Now, I guess you could say it was worse with the BCS, but typically, when it comes to two teams, you're going to get the two best teams or two of the three. With a playoff like that, fourth team backs in through an easy schedule and then gets lucky and backs into the national title game and gets wrecked and blown out and doesn't belong. And you saw that. So many, I mean, you saw it. Remember when Oregon did it with Mariota and Mark Helfrich coaching them, Dave, in 2014? Right. They didn't they didn't belong in the title game. And we saw TCU do it. We saw Washington do it. And what you realize is that's not reflective of how great of a job the coaches were doing. It was more like you just talked about lightning in a bottle with the right quarterback. And they kind of backed their way in. That's why I said, I didn't think Texas was that good this past year. I think Steve Sarkeesian was overrated too because of that. Other than the soft part, did Washington just go undergo a Mike Vick? A very special player got them to a higher level than they would have. That is a great comparison because what happened to Virginia Tech when they actually played for the national title against Florida State? Remember that game? They they were an overall lesser team. They got wrecked, yeah. And they didn't belong in the same field. Michael Vick willed them to that national title game, and they didn't. They were not one of the two best teams in the country that year. Didn't he sort of kind of keep them in it for the first half for a little bit, like with a couple think, of pretty phenomenal so. runs? 
but yeah, I, I think that. But uh, we knew that we knew that Florida Phoenix, State was going to absolutely obliterate them, though. Yeah. In the Phoenix, 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 Phoenix. Um, I, I think that he is that type of special player. And in some ways, a different special player than Vic. Because I think, I don't want to just compare the two guys as running quarterbacks. Vic was an elite runner. Phoenix is a good runner. And Phoenix had a better arm as far as accuracy. That Not a stronger arm, but I think is a better thrower than Vic. Would be my Significantly point. better thrower. Probably studies playbooks too, which is, you know, Michael Vick didn't do at all when he played um, uh, at Atlanta. So, I mean, look, yes, overall, I would take Josh Heupel. Now going down this other list, I mean, you know, Dave, I will give you this. John Adams has enlightened me to Mark Stoops. I give him credit for the job he's done, but he's really taken advantage of a bad SEC East over the years and scheduling really soft out of conference. And Um, at some point, may I ask you this? What... Do we do we question Mark Stoops's um, competitiveness that he doesn't want another job because you're never going to win a national championship there at Kentucky? You know, it's funny you say that because I remember people thought that it was weird that Brian Kelly bolted for LSU, and I kind of respected it because it was like Brian Kelly was like, "I want to go get a national championship," and he, you know, it was kind of like that gutsy move to. Say, I'll take the expectations. Mark Stoops, I think that's possible. I, but again, Dave, the thing with Mark Stoops, you're right. The pressure's not there. You talk about work-life balance with coaching. You don't really have to work as hard at Kentucky because you're not going to win those recruiting battles anyway. So you just got to, you know, find a hodgepodge of guys that can maybe fit in. And then maybe he just likes it. Maybe he's got a comfortable post that he doesn't want to really throw away and op- throw that away. Um, so oh, give me, give me one other coach, not named Kirby smart or Kalen DeBoer that you is on Tennessee schedule that you would make an argument is a better coach than Josh Heupel. I would think after coming off a 10 win season, it has to be Venables or would no. you go Stoops? No, I wouldn't go any of those guys. Um, definitely not Venables guys. The big 12 was bad this year. If Texas plays Alabama in any month other than September, they're losing that game by 40. And that was such a that was such a fluke win. Um, and it really ruined the whole landscape of college football last year because Texas was not a top four team. But no, the one coach I will say watch out for, I think Mississippi State made a very underrated hire in Jeff Levy. I mean, that guy, he is a he's a he actually was Heupel's offensive coordinator at UCF in 2018 when they went undefeated. And he was also Lane Kiffin's offensive coordinator when Ole Miss went to a New Year's Six Bowl. Jeff Levy knows ball. And I think you're going to see a very entertaining. That was a that was Mississippi State finally deciding let's do uh, another Mike Leach hire, which is find an offensive coach ahead of the curve, which is what they needed to do. Coming up, where the Vols rank according to one pretty good service that will provide you a little bit of insight and to what the rest of the nation thinks about the balls. Give us two minutes, and I'll tell you where Tennessee ranks. Frankly, lower than I thought. Hit the like and subscribe button if you want to hear that next. Got cataracts? We can fix that. Never miss another moment. With a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at cctis.com. 
Hi, I'm Rick Terry, and we at Rick Terry Jewelry Designs pride ourselves in the highest quality craftsmanship from a family-owned business here in Knoxville for over 35 years. At Rick Terry Jewelry Designs, we also take pride in being an affordable option for all your game day accessories, especially those fire opals. At Rick Terry Jewelry Designs, we want to be your jeweler every day and especially on game day. Go Vols! Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. There's your We believe every day is a good day to be thirsty. With free samples on draft and lots of flavors to choose from, Tennessee Cider Company prepares a hard cider that's easy to enjoy. Some say it's the signature cider of the South. Others say it's the cure to your craving. They all say you'll savor every sip. The area of Gatlinburg has so much to offer, and so does Tennessee Cider Company. Add us to your list for shopping and fun experiences. You'll be glad you made the trip. Find our cidery in the Mountain Mall on the Gatlinburg Parkway. Sip smart. Sip the good stuff. Sip Tennessee Cider Company. Thirsty yet? Doors open at 10 a.m. The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorneys. Play to win. BanksJones.com. Um, who's this guy? Hello, wizard! The Dave Hooker Show, Ooh. a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. What? YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. Back to Dave Hooker. We got those fire opals to give away, brought to you by Rick Terry Jewelry Design. So we're looking forward to that. I have a, a bunch of names in a pot. Pull it out, and there you go. You can win some fire opals for your Valentine, which happens to be on a hump day, and we just talked about Phoenix. <laughs> any, any thoughts on that, Caleb? Oh, man. Yeah, nothing like hanging out with a hooker, talking Phoenix, Valentine's Day, which is on a hump day. That's a good one. Last one. Also found a great joke because, uh, you, you know, everybody was getting mad about the NFL showing Taylor Swift. Guess how many seconds she was shown at the Super Bowl? Guess how much airtime she got? The over under at 24 and a half. It was only it was 54. It was 54 seconds. Yeah. But it was I, only I 54 it. seconds. Yeah. But here's here's the joke. Most guys upset about seeing Taylor Swift on screen probably think 54 seconds is a long time. I like seeing I like seeing parents. I don't like seeing girlfriends. It's not a Taylor Swift thing. I just like seeing parents that have have reared their children to get to this point, and and they're in the middle of, oh, is my son gonna blow this thing, or is Pete Carroll gonna throw the ball instead of hand it off? You know that that to me is the riveting B roll is what they call it. It's not a girlfriend or Taylor Swift. I didn't enjoy. AJ McCarron's girlfriend, like Brent Musburger did. I didn't have strong feelings for Taylor Swift, even though I think <laughs> I was supposed to by law. I mean, yeah, they flash to a fan. I like it when they flash to the parents when they do that in college too, like when they flash to Joe Milton's parents or Hennon Hooker's parents, because there's so much on the line there that, and you 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 know these guys. I mean, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey 
probably didn't know one another four months ago. How long have they been dating? You would know that. Uh, it started in the summer. It basically was kind of a joke. Like Travis Kel- Taylor, Travis Kelsey was er, showed up for the Taylor Swift concert, and he like sent her things. Show up for one of my games, and so and then she did, and then it kind of kind of hit it off from there. Um, so yeah. Now the now, so just I I don't usually invoke celebrityness, but I I do think Travis Kelsey got a little that anger at Andy Reid was basically like my girl, her friend is in the stands. You got to get me the ball more. Do you really think that? Yes. Yes. Because there was so much, not just, it wasn't about Taylor Swift. It was about the media coverage of them together it was probably in his mind. And he's like, I wasn't even in on that drive. What the heck, man? That's what I think was going on in his, in his mind. Okay. Fair enough. All right. So uh, up on Hooker's Corner right now, our uh, Patreon group is uh, an interview that we had with uh, Jacob Warren that was pretty insightful. And uh, later in the program, we will give away um, the Fire Opals from Rick Terry Jewelry Design. Plus, everybody that's joined the Patreon group, what I did instead of the weekly prize, I just decided to give everybody a shirt or book. So they've all, everybody should have been contacted. If you haven't, reach out to me, David off the hooksports.com, because um, we'll be able to take care of you with uh, prize number one, your intro prize. And then don't forget, you'll be entered automatically into the autographed uh, football helmet, uh, mini football helmet with uh, Hendon Hooker, which is pretty cool. We want to be sure thank our great friends at Sports Treasures for helping us bring those to you. We've got all kinds of great uh, gifts as well that we're going to be giving away. Sports Treasures carrying over 5 million Sports Treasures and so much more. Follow up on uh, follow them on Facebook. For the best sports memorabilia daily updates, uh, Sports Treasures TN. That's Sports Treasures TN. They are phenomenal. So explain these SP Plus rankings to me, the preseason rankings, that I think there are so many rankings nowadays. It used to be Tony Barnhart would sit down and tell you who he thought his top 25 teams were, and I cared because I thought Tony Barnhart was smart. Nowadays, we have all these computers and stuff. And I find it very interesting that we lean on computers for preseason rankings when in reality, you should have a formula, not a television show, to pick out the college football playoff. Then Florida State would have no gripe if they didn't show up first in a formula. It would be way simpler. But you got to have a TV show for ratings and to sell advertising. And trust me, I get that. Um, but explain the SP, SP plus rankings and what they mean, because I do like that they're very factual. This is not subjective. This is objective. Well, before we actually go there, I just want to point out that uh, I'm going to shamelessly plug my history video on the history of the national championship. We've actually regressed because in the 1920s, when the first ranking started to begin, they used formulas. They didn't use some arbitrary AP or coaches poll voting. They literally used formulas until the thirties and the forties. So ranking started as formulas, funny enough. And luckily we're kind of coming back to it now with analytics and things like SP plus. So we are, are, but we're not, it should be a formula for the college football playoff. Well, I think that there's the objective, but but I don't want to get caught up in that. Let's just talk SP plus. Yes. Well, because I will say there's always a flaw with formulas because there's things that they just can't take into account that you do need the human eye to do. And so I wouldn't even mind if they had veto power. Like if you, if you set up a system, I don't want to get sidetracked, but if you set up a system where it was a formula and then at the end of the day, there's let's say 13 or whatever, and you can veto 
you have to have two thirds of the vote. I could figure something out that would be more formulaic and less of a television show in about five minutes. And part yeah. of it might be based off this SP plus ranking, which I want you to explain to us. Okay. So basically it takes into account three things, returning production, recent history and recent recruiting. So it does look at the actual recruiting composite talents, which I think are valuable. And it looks at um, the success you had, which is obviously valuable. And then, yeah, it does take into account. I mean, it's the three most important things that anybody would take into account for a program to do well. And now the, the flaw with SP plus is if you are going through a quarterback change, you take a really big hit in your returning production advantage, because for obvious reasons, the quarterback is going to have a significant amount of the production that you had. And so that's going to hurt some teams that may be underrated, particularly if they're returning a bunch of talent elsewhere and they're having an upgrade at quarterback. I think you know where I'm going when I say that, Dave, right? Yes, but, but first, I, I want you to give me an even more baseline account, and, th and that is it also factors in recruiting as well. Yes, it does. It factors in recruiting rankings and talent and things like that. They have added the transfer portal into recruiting. He did that. Bill Connolly did that starting last year. So transfers and recruiting rankings have been factored in as one talent composite stat line, similar to what 247 Sports does with the 247 Sports talent composite rankings every year now. That's okay. what recruiting is. That's what this formula includes. All right. So Tennessee is number 15. Derek asked, Dave, did you DoorDash that coffee? No, that was a Denda special. So she'll be she'll be having some picks uh, later on. By the way, she killed it with a Jawan Jennings pick. Uh, we won on that touchdown. Hey. Um, so, all right, Caleb, it's based off recruiting. It's based off returning production and what else? And uh, recent history, recent success, which is okay. obviously a big factor. Okay. So Tennessee number 15, that's low to me. Tennessee should be 12-10. I hear a lot of people – predicting Tennessee with an eight and four season. I just don't get it. I, I There's one guy in particular that used to be an Alabama quarterback. I'm not going to call out because I don't believe in calling out other media, but I, I really think that maybe he's got other hobbies besides football and that he, he doesn't like keeping up with football because if you watched football at all last year and you saw what was happening in the passing game, you know that Tennessee should be better without Joe Milton. And if you didn't see that in the bowl game, I don't know what to tell you. But uh, that person is picking Tennessee at eight and four. And I just don't get it. I mean, I, I don't get eight and four. I don't get 15 in preseason rankings. I am just telling you that I, I, I said this in 2022. The easiest bet on the board, if you can find it, go make money. Can I get an amen from Denda over here who's working? She says, she says, amen. If you can get Tennessee at eight and a half wins this season, take the over. You're going to make money. Yeah. Okay. So I don't want to get too into that. So preseason, uh, here we go. So what are the, who's ranked ahead of Tennessee? All right. So I'll go through the list and then I'll explain why I'm going to break down why Tennessee is where they are. Georgia, Ohio state, Oregon, Texas, Michigan, Alabama, Penn State, Ole Miss, Notre Dame, LSU, Missouri, Florida State, Texas A&M, and Oklahoma. 
Wow. Um, there's a lot of teams. And listen, this is because of the Nico factor. And you guys on the message board know more than some of the analysts out there. Um, they should be way higher. You've seen Nico. Well, this is mathematical. Out. It's not like he didn't arbitrarily do this. This is mathematical on why Tennessee's okay. number 15. Okay. Continue then. I'm trying not to uh, get frustrated with the, some of these formulas. Go ahead. Okay. This is what the this is the flaw in the formula. Here's why Tennessee's number 15. First of all, there are seven teams that are returning their quarterback from last year on that list, which uh, that are ahead of Tennessee. The other seven have ha had more success last year and have overall higher ranked 247, have higher ranked talent based on recruiting rankings in the transfer portal. So here's the flaw with this. Tennessee's advantage for this year is more than anything. Let me put quarterback aside real quick. If you take out quarterback in terms of returning production, Tennessee's one of the top 10 teams in the country. They return a lot of talent. The chemistry is huge. And you know this, Dave, the chemistry outweighs a lot of the talent sometimes nowadays in football, right? And remember this too. You didn't, you didn't have a lot of production returning because of Brew McCoy's injury. And I know exactly. every team could I know every team could say that, you know, one guy got hurt and, and that sort of thing. But that is a factor. I mean, that's a lot of returning production you would have had. Had Nico started the whole season, that's a lot of returning production they would have had. Okay, let's let's say that just for instance. But this is can I throw this out? Yeah. Okay. I don't want to misinterpret the data. But if Nico was the starting quarterback last year and did what Milton did at a bare minimum and Brew McCoy plays the whole season and has 800 yards. Does it change Tennessee's ranking? Absolutely. They would be top seven. Okay. At that point, they okay. would be top seven easily. So the flaw in this is that, and this is and because remember last week with Jimmy, we broke down the SP plus rankings of returning production and Tennessee was down at number 94. Remember that? And okay. they were down at number 94, but they would have been in the top 20 had it not been for the quarterback they're getting punished in their returning production because the quarterback is and bill Connolly acknowledged this the quarterback's production is 60 percent of his formula for returning production on offense and quite honestly it should probably be more than that in tennessee's offense but so the quarterback production is about 60 percent well that's going to really wreck your returning production what if you gave tennessee back that 60 percent and then said they're going to have an upgraded quarterback this year, which we all know they're going to have an upgraded quarterback, right? Like we can, that's the most obvious statement in the oh, history yeah. of mankind. Yes. Yeah. This can't account for that. So that's the flaw in the SP plus rankings is they can't account for the fact they can't account for where you're upgrading at positions. And so you're right. If the injury bug bites and you lose a lot of production, you can't account for guys who were injured coming back. That the 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 formula can't account for that at all, so we're, which would be an upgrade. So that's the flaw in this that makes it a little more difficult. And I think what's being underrated is Tennessee's returning production where they need to return production, and they're upgrading in a lot of other places. And I think that's kind of a big deal. This would be the same flaw. I mean, quite honestly, let's be honest. If the SP Plus formula came out in 1998, Tennessee would be probably about number 15, given everything they lost that year. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, um, I think we could agree that not having Joe Milton and having Nico is better, correct? Correct. So Yeah, but it's I, wrecking Tennessee and returning production. Right. So given the teams that are ahead of Tennessee, and I want to respect this particular formula, but if you just factored in Nico is going to be from what? A B minus to an A at quarterback? Yes. Maybe even a C plus. Um where would you put Tennessee? Where would you put their preseason rankings? I'm curious because I know where I would have them because I was actually looking at this over the weekend. Okay, so the re- when you they're not going above Georgia. Georgia beats Tennessee in all three categories no matter what, right? Like okay. quarterback, I mean, returning production, recruiting, and recent success. There's no way they're going ahead of Georgia. I would have – they're not going to go ahead of Ohio State. Tennessee would beat Ohio State in returning production, but – Recent history in recruiting, you can't ignore that, right? So they can't be ahead of Ohio State. Right. Agreed. Agreed. Um, what, I about, what about Michigan? Is Michigan ahead of them with a new coach? I would rather be a Well, that's the thing. This formula doesn't factor in a new coach. I know, but I'm just saying that's one that I would put Tennessee above. Yeah, right but now. you have to uh, – yeah, but okay, we're talking – we're not talking about where Tennessee should be. We're talking about where Tennessee would be in SP+. Plus. Um, exactly, but I'm just asking you if you factored in what you knew as Caleb, the sports expert, which you are, where would you put? Okay, I see what you're saying. Well, I would sure as heck put them above Oklahoma, Texas A&M, Florida State, and Missouri, and Notre Dame. Those are just give me some put and Penn State. I'd sure as heck put them above all of those teams. I'd also put them above Ole Miss because I believe in team chemistry, and I just don't believe you can buy a championship with a bunch of free agents and not have guys who've played together well. Um, I would put them over, uh, I believe I've, I'm, at this point, I'm at number seven with only LSU maybe in that first round. And I, I think I put them over LSU. I think they have more chemistry right now than LSU, okay, honestly. So, okay, so, let, so me ask you, six. let me ask you this. Where will the coaches and AP have them ranked? Because that is where I think Tennessee is going to get a big kick in the gut. Not that it matters. Preseason rankings don't matter. But um, that's that's going to bother Tennessee fans. Remind you that Apex Apparel brings you the apparel that you can win on uh, Hooker's Corner, our Patreon group. Become a John today, and you can win some fantastic gear. We're going to give away some of the Hooker shirts that we have. Uh, Given all of that away today, we're going to have a drawing here shortly uh, from Rick Terry Jewelry Design for the Fire Opals. But when it comes to your business, Apex Apparel, a one-stop shop for all products, screen printing, embroidery, signage, promo products, is called Tyler at 865-919-3001, 865-919-3001. You want to make a launch bet, Caleb? I don't know when we'll see each other, but we'll make a launch bet. Tennessee will not be in the top 10 of the AP or coaches poll. Oh, no, I'm not going to bet that. I know they won't be in the top 10. Okay, I'm going to take a step further. I'm going to see where I can get you to break. Tennessee would not be a top 12 team. They're not going to break me. I'm still not taking that bet. They won't. Okay, Tennessee, a top 15. I'm putting the 14 and a half. You're taking the over to the under. 
I'm still gonna take the lower. Gonna take the lower. Um, I will take. I think, here, here's here's why. I'm gonna take Tennessee higher than 14 and a half, so 14 or better in the AP, because I think that frankly that's a better poll, and I think that the media knows um, each other without bias better than the coaches do. The coaches don't like the fact that Josh Heupel will run up scores. So I think they're always going to be a little bit below uh, what they will be in the AP. So I'm going to go with AP 14, coaches 17. I'm going to go 16, AP 17, coaches. Because there's a flaw with AP voters. And I'm, I'm going to actually, I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm going to give the college football playoff committee some credit and something they do that I don't think, that I think, College football playoff committee, guys. It's very important for the for the for the sake of sports discourse. Josh Pate tweeted this out three days ago. For about ten years now, and Dave and I are part of this sphere. Sports discourse among YouTube podcasters is so much more in depth and smarter than sports discourse among regular media members, isn't it, Dave? It's so much better. Well, well yeah, and. I used to always say that it was funny. I thought this was when college game day was kind of in its infancy when somebody would say, Kirk Herbstreet thinks this. I was like, well, Kirk Herbstreet doesn't spend nothing against Kirk Herbstreet or Lee Corso. He doesn't spend 60 hours covering one football team every week. That's what I did. I mean, Kirk Herbstreet and other people would come up to me and say, hey, Dave, what are you hearing about this guy? And I would give him a little bit of insight. That's how you did it. Uh, it's right. how the TV guys do it. You remember Al McGuire by chance? The the color commentator who was so good back in the day, he had like a short run elderly gentleman smelled just like aqua Belva. And he came up and asked me everything about Tennessee's basketball team before an NCAA tournament thing that he could think of. And when he went in, he was completely informed. He talked to me and like two or three other people. So you're absolutely right. You got me on a yeah, tangent. And, and, well, no, the reason I was going that route is because I just thought about the Super Bowl the other night. And the whole discourse for the next three days was everything San Francisco did wrong and everything Kansas City did right. And in my mind, I'm like, Dave, you and I watched the same game. That's not how the Super Bowl went. Kansas City did a lot of things wrong, right? And if one play goes differently, they lose that game. And perhaps and, and, if they know the rules of overtime, if Sam, yeah, uh, exactly, San wins that game. So we're it, but the whole narrative is everything Casey did right and everything San Francisco did wrong. And I'm thinking. People want the college football playoff committee to be this way. They want they want you to be totally what your record says. You know the the playoff committee is doing to their credit? They're saying you're not what your record says. You're what we see you do in the game. Like you're not just reflective of wins and losses. And that it, that's and there's so many people that are obsessed with best team based on wins and losses. That's not how this works, guys. And and so I think that I think that that's one of the flaws of the AP and the coaches' polls. This is one of the flaws of the SP Plus rankings, by the way. They only see, and this actually would probably hurt Tennessee even more, to be fair, because they only see that Tennessee went eight and four last year. They can't see that Tennessee didn't, like, got actually blown out in their four losses. You know what I mean? They can't see that and they can't factor that in. And so I think there's a, you know, measuring actual talent by wins and losses when it's a probability game. I think that it's kind of a big deal. The most important factor, the most important metric on how good a team is, and y'all can call me crazy on this, but it's crazy. Vegas. 
It's Vegas because Vegas has the most stake in actually getting it right, don't they? They actually have financial interest in getting it right. Uh, uh, yes. And um, I was talking to somebody at the SEC office, and there is real concern that among administrators that Vegas has an inside source at every single significant school. Like when I say every single significant school, I'm not talking top 25. I'm talking top 125 because all it takes is a trainer that's just getting a scholarship or maybe $18,000 a year. And you tell him, here's 10,000 to let me know how serious that injury is with Bob Jones. There's serious concern. So you're right. Vegas has the most insight. Now I love uh, Elias's take. I kind of prefer if we start close to 20, none of it's going to matter until the OU game talking about Oklahoma. Uh, Absolutely agree with that. Potentially getting more positive coverage for being surprisingly good than just being viewed as being good as expected. You know, this is the first year though. What's funny. Have you thought about this? It doesn't matter at all. What the AP and coaches rankings are. You don't have to climb people and jump into a top two or a top four. There were times where if you're Cincinnati, a lot of things had to work your way to jump teams. You don't have to do that anymore. You just got to be in a top 12. And this, this conversation, I just realized it during the conversation, is mute, as they would say in Maynardville. No, it doesn't matter at all. Exactly. It absolutely doesn't matter at all. And it's, you know, I mean, it hasn't mattered in college basketball. People say it hasn't mattered in college basketball, but let's be honest. We don't, you don't think the selection committee is lazily looking at ranking sometimes to get their information when they're picking teams. They absolutely are. And um, because this is, this is the difference between Vegas and these analysts and these AP and coaches poll people. Vegas is actually doing the research on these teams. The AP and coaches polls, and you know, this, the coach is like, I don't know, I guess it's, this guy should be 12th, or I guess this guy should be 15th. Uh, sure, whatever. And like, I got to go study. I got to go prepare for practice this week. And I, yeah, so I, I think this SP plus formula is, I believe in analytics, but guys, it's not a concern because there are the flaw in analytics. Now, AI is going to change this. There will be AI rankings in about 10 years. So that's going to change everything. But until AI comes along, I think that you need to factor the human eye into analytics because it can be a fraud otherwise. Okay. So we have uh, a list of cards here that has everybody's name on it. And uh, can you pull up uh, our Patreon group hookers corner here and go ahead and do that. And then, we're going to find some digitized way to do this, but for our fire opals, it just kind of fell into place. We're going to do it right now. And uh, we're going to give those away for Valentine's day on a hump day. Thanks for spending it with a hooker. You're a great John. And uh, so I'm going to take these cards as ever has everybody's name on them so that everybody can see. And then I'm just going to shuffle them. So we have everybody that's uh, in the Patreon group, but I'm going to shuffle them. So Caleb, go ahead and tell everybody, uh, what all we get at uh, what all you get on uh, Hooker's Corner, which right now is a Jacob Warren video as I pull the winner for the Fire Opal. So what what all do we get there, Caleb? Um, you can get a lot of great information. You can get insider information, recruiting information, uh, interviews we do with former players, lots of giveaways and prizes. Um, it's just there's so much detailed analysis we can bring you that we don't bring you on the show. 
if if you join our Patreon. It's um it's really 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 good. There Jacob Warren guys gave us some very good information the other day and you'll want that's an interview you don't want to miss and yep. that you should really want to take a look at. And it is um it is my honor to name our fire opal winner. By the way, if you're already a member of the Patreon group by midnight tonight, you're getting a shirt or a book. I've already sent out messages to everybody, so we're going to get those out because I just wanted to do a round of the the, the first responders, so to speak. Um, and the way it works is we'll have weekly prizes. So Friday we'll have another drawing, and then at the end of the month, March first, actually, we'll have a drawing for the Hendon Hooker mini football helmet that is autographed it's super super cool so i shuffled it up here we go can you even read my handwriting on that i cannot and also it's backwards you, you pulled a karen from mean girls moment okay sorry sorry kaylin you're our big winner and uh kaylin actually just posted here he's there he says i get my football fix here and a few other places at night but this is my morning we love that thanks for joining the patreon group I will get in touch with you to get you your fire opals. Don't, I think you live in Knoxville, I hope, uh, so that maybe you could give them to the, the misses today. But I will coordinate all of that for Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. This has been a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Hit the like and subscribe button. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.